Hello, and welcome to Into the Echo, where <laughs> my buddy Riley and I uh, have some drinks and talk about the albums that changed our lives. Uh, in this episode, we are actually going to talk about um, our favorite albums and songs of 2016. Just so far, uh, we still have a few months to go. Yeah, but... yeah. This isn't a comprehensive list of the entire year for any mean by any means, but because we all no. know that uh, the new Nine Inch Nails should be due out this year, so mm-hmm. that will be dominating the list. <laughs> <laughs> just it'll dominate the best of the 2010s uh, yeah best of the best 21st of century yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh i guess i should say um just before we get too blown up on twitter this this isn't necessarily like the best like most revered award-winning these guys are going all the way yeah music of 2016 this is just like my favorite yeah. music of 2016 oh, yeah. and that's, riley's no absolutely and i think that's the the beauty of this episode it's just kind of like it's a very personal choice on this. This is there's no critical thought that went into <laughs> at least my selections. I don't yeah, know it's just yours, like what have you been jamming to? Yeah, yeah, but the the stuff that I have been super inspired by this year, um, and it turns out it comes out to a, a fairly wide variety of songs, um, which is kind of cool. I don't know. It's it's rejuvenating to see that uh, stuff that does the music that does this to you is still coming out. Yeah, I was kind of surprised, um, you know, when we came up with the premise of this and I was thinking of songs, I was thinking you were going to give me, um, like, a lot more of the hard rock, post-rock, stuff like that. But then the first band that I see is Blink-182. What? I didn't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They they put out a great album this year. California is is awesome. We'll we'll get into that one for sure. But, I mean, you know, we touched on the post-rock a little bit because I can't help but do it. Um, Because this year has been a great year for post rock, but it's also been a good year for pop and and stuff that you sent me, like 1975. I've never even listened to them at all, and turns out I like them. Yeah, they got big from that song "Chocolate," where you can barely understand any of the words. Um, As as most bands do, any song that you can't understand anything. Well, I am a huge Fall Out Boy fan, so that should um, Mm. that should inform you a little bit. Let's all pour one out for Clark. (sighs) <sighs> oh speaking of pour one out uh-huh. um before we get into it what are you drinking tonight? oh i got i just have the the regular old uh salmon fly honey rye from medicine oh, Brewing. I, I believe this has been featured before on our yeah, podcast yeah. because it's a it's a staple i think i had that for gorillas i want to say probably, it is a, it's a staple so. though oh yeah it's it's fantastic uh what about you what do you got well, Riley, um, I, I started pre-drinking before the show, like Ooh, you do. Yeah, as you do. But um, I started off with a Hefeweizen I grabbed from the local shop. Um, it's from Red Lodge Ales, mm-hmm. Red Lodge Brewery, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Yep, yep. Uh, it's the Helio Hefeweizen. Uh-huh. Drink it. Did not like it at all. <laughs> uh, it's oh, boy. so bitter for, yeah, it's a wheat beer. It's a Hef, but it was like super bitter. Uh, so... Not a fan, so instead I am drinking a Smith and Forge hard cider. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, it's what I had in my fridge that was not Helio. So here I am drinking way too sweet cider that and I meant to give to friends. Getting but, judged. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's better than hearing like a puckering sound the whole time. It is, yeah, yeah, with, with that bitter beer. Yeah, I don't have a pop filter yet either, so it'd just be like <laughs> real, real ugly sound. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> So let's get into it. Then. Yeah. Uh, what, what's I don't know. I, I was about to ask you the same question. What's 
What feels like a starter here? Well, you know, I am just going to bring it right to Blink-182. All right, yeah, let's let's do that. And let's, uh, if we're starting with them, we might as well start with a single, right? Yeah, so um, the first song we're talking about is Bored Bored to to Death. Death. So if you haven't heard the song yet, um, it's because you haven't turned on the radio because it, it's been all over um, the rock stations. It's, it's been on quite a few of the pop stations and stuff like that. Like this got heavy, heavy radio play. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's um, I think it's deserving of it. I don't think it's, it's getting radio play just because it's the first Blink album in a while. Uh, and it's new blink. I think this actually earned its place on the charts. Oh, absolutely! It's like the first thing I noticed about this song when I when I really listened to this album. It it brings back everything that I felt listening to Blink One Eighty Two when I was in middle school and high school. It brings back everything that I felt about it then. It bring it brought it back to me now, which is like. You know that that says something about their ability to write these songs, um, even though they're mi- they're missing their lead vocalist, which he's off, oh that's so heartbreaking. He's off chasing aliens somewhere. Um, yeah, apparently his his work proving that UFOs exist is too important yeah. to leave behind to to tour. But like, that's his words. Like it's too important. So he's I I'm kind of a fan that he's gone. <laughs> I've always preferred Mark Hoppus uh, to Tom DeLonge, so I am yeah, me too, me too. Super satisfied with that change, um, and I think he just kind of particularly shows his uh, his vocal talent on this song, um, especially with like I don't know, you just get that I don't know, I don't know how. What was your experience with this single? Uh, bad at first, and then it got better. <laughs> um, my first time listening to it was in uh, one of the work trucks. Um, I kind of ride around in borderline semis, like mm-hmm. heavy enough trucks that we really should go to way stations, but we don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, we, we kind of go on the frontage roads sometimes. It's a lot of paperwork. It's annoying. Anyway, um, <laughs> sorry if I just got us in trouble, but uh, the speakers on one of those trucks uh, it's just, they're terrible. Mm-hmm. There's no body to it. They're up above. Um, it's really scratchy. There's no bass or midtones or anything oh, like that. Oh, this song needs full spectrum sound. Yeah, so when I first heard this song, I'm like, that's Mark Hoppus. And then I'm like, I can't hear any of the instruments. I'm like, is this is this plus 44? Because I'm not hearing Tom. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, you know, I, I think I heard something about a new Blink. So I looked it up, and I'm like, what? Matt Skiba from Alkaline Trio? And I was so excited. Uh, and I listened to it um, in a proper setting, and I'm like, oh. Oh, this is what it actually this sounds is, like. Yeah, there's, there's a bass guitar here. <laughs> there are other instruments here. Yeah, and I do like that um, despite it being – I mean, I know Skiba has tons of experience songwriting um, and singing. He did a lot of that with, with Alkaline Trio. But it still feels like Mark Hoppus probably had more influence in oh, the songwriting yeah. process. This is yeah. this is absolutely a Blink-182 song, not an Alkaline Trio song. Yeah, but it's not a Plus 44 song. No. Which, like, last time we had Mark Hoppus and Travis Barker – 
together without Tom DeLonge, they did plus 44, and it was a completely different alternative sound. Yeah. This is not that. This is definitely This is Blink. absolutely Blink-182, which yeah. is part of the reason why I picked this as far as uh, best albums of 2016 so far, because I think this album delivers on every level as far as what you're expecting to hear from Blink-182 at this point. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and over delivers even. I mean, they it like this sounds like mid nineties Blink One Eighty Two to me. And there were other moments on the album where that was even more true in my mind. Mm-hmm. Like that brief little thirty second song where he like yeah. makes a funny remark about seeing naked guys in his pool. Yeah, like that is so Blink. Oh yeah, um, they've got a couple of those on there, and it's like that's they've done that forever, and it's I'm yeah. glad to see that they are continuing that. And it just feels right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and honestly, one of the moments, um, and you have this song written down too, but there is a bridge of the next song that we're talking about, Los Angeles. Yeah. The bridge in that song sounds like it's just like straight out of Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. Make me when this war is Yeah. Oh, definitely. But on this, on the same note, um, Los Angeles also is, uh, to me, the most modern-sounding Blink song, because at the very, at the very beginning, you get that. It's almost like I mean, it's a drum machine, basically. Yeah, I have that where it's like synthesized drums, mm-hmm. which, for being in a band with Travis Barker, having synthesized drums is that, kind that of is sin. an insult. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just gonna pretend that that's him playing drum yeah. pads. Like it's not a drum machine; it's just him playing. It's drum just pads. Travis Barker playing electric drums, yeah. And that makes me feel a little bit better uh-huh. about it. But so. then you get to the chorus, and it's very obviously Travis Barker kicking in. Yeah, let's take a listen to that real quick. Los Angeles, when will you save me, Los Angeles? When will you save me, Los Angeles? I love how heavy this song gets for for Blink-182, you know? Yeah, and how willing to play along with it Matt Skiba is. Like, he Skiba gets some yells in there, too. Yeah, I know. It's And he never did that on Alkaline Trio. No, it was a lot more toned down. Um, but really, this is the first song on the album. I think it's track number three or four. It's four, I yeah. Four. But this is the first song where Skiba really um, comes out of his shell. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You hear him doing backup vocals and stuff up until now, but this is really where I'm like, oh, wow, this guy has his own opinions and yeah. his own and it's, personality. It's funny. We were talking earlier about about him on this album, and uh, it's funny that he decides to come out on the songs about California. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because really, between this song, like, let's see, Los Angeles, and then the song about um, San Diego. San Diego wow, he really has some feelings about this state. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he, he does not want to go back to San Diego. No. Skiba does and, not. And I think that's, it's cool to see that they're, 
the members of the new members of this band are this fired up about what they're singing about you know yeah and this album uh, i love this album because of of what it's not and what it could have been mm-hmm. as well absolutely like, there are no songs about hollywood there are no songs about how hard it is to be famous yeah. um it's not just like a complete like fuck you to Tom DeLong. Yeah. It's it's very much like nope, this is the music. This is about how we feel right now. We have spent entirely too much time in this state. Yeah. And like yeah. we need to be here for, you know, music reasons and stuff, but Los Angeles is not um our first love. Yeah. No, I think I think they completely encapsulated what you want from a more mature, more developed Blink-182. Um, and, and I think that Bored to Death in Los Angeles are perfect examples of that. Yeah. So while we're on the topic of California, there's an artist, <laughs> I'm kind of going to eke this one in a little bit because she technically released this album in November digitally of last year. And then it came out on CD in like mid December. But as far as you guys know, this came out in 2016. Just, well, that's, just for the record. that's when I discovered it. Like, that's when it actually became, like, relevant, is, like, right around January is when people started doing reviews and stuff. So the name of the album is Art Angels by an artist um, named Grimes. <laughs> um, trigger warning, this is super irritating, weird Clark music. <laughs> but, well, it's like this a, first it's song... Like, it's like an epilepsy <laughs> warning. <laughs> yeah, like, Grimes, watch out. She's a friggin' weirdo, but she's an incredibly talented and interesting weirdo. So I'm going to play just a little bit of California here. This isn't quite her weird stuff that's coming up soon, but this is California. Check it out. So um, California is really, it's kind of dreamy. It's mm-hmm. very, very poppy. Grimes does all the production herself. Um, it's kind of syncopated where it's like, it, it kind of makes me want to move. Yeah. Um, but it's it's not super, uh, it makes me want to like square dance or swing dance more <laughs> than it makes me want to like shake my booty. Pop dance, so, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's very, um, it's very almost country with the beat. Exactly. Well, and and country with a beat is usually like the worst thing i've ever heard in my life (laughs) but so having something described like that would automatically make me ill but uh this this song is not like that at all i I think i think this totally i mean it it's very obviously clark music but yeah it has the weird like manic pixie dream girl the electronic elements that go a little off the rails yeah uh, but i, I very, very much, much enjoy so. this song i mean it's it's super catchy it's got all the pop elements you want and and like we were talking about earlier i mean i think it's it, dream pop is kind of the the genre here yeah very much so very much so and then this album kind of takes a darker turn um, with the next song, Kill vs. Mame. Or not next, but you know what I mean. The next song I mm-hmm. want to talk about. Well, I <laughs> mean, the, the the track title alone is enough to tell you, like, whoa, okay. Yeah, Kill vs. Mame. And then you watch the music video, and there's, like, vampires and, like, weird 
um, like steampunk outfits, and it it feels, oh man, it feels very teenage angsty. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like almost emo in visually, but music wise, it's just weird. There's a lot of like yelling and and like, um, oh, what is it called? Like stutters and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But man, do I like it! I'm gonna play. Uh, I'm just gonna play the full chorus for you right now. So yeah, Grimes, um, high pitched. She goes into that weird. Um, it's kind of like Nicki Minaj. I, I really hate to make that comparison, but um, <laughs> Grimes kind of does this thing where she'll switch between several different modes. Between like, uh, she'll be like aggressive Grimes, where she's kind of yelling, and then she'll be like all high pitched Barbie Grimes, and then she'll just kind of be like baseline singing, like you just heard in California. Um, but Kill vs. Mame is one of the songs where she really shifts between all of those modes. Yeah. And uh, we kind of get to see the full range of her vocal um, her vocal range and then her production value as well. Because she makes all the production stuff. So it's like we get to hear the difference between the like kind of mellow, poppy California and then the like aggressive, driving Kill vs. Mame. Oh, uh, speaking of Clark music, one of the openers and members of Grimes... Um, do you remember that that gorillas poll way back in Twitter time? No, I don't remember that, Clark. Please refresh my memory about how that turned out. <laughs> you lost. You lost because yeah. the the lyrics are clearly push it real. Anyway, so the album that I'm going to make you listen to is actually going to be the singles from Hannah, who is um, oh yeah. Yeah, she released an EP. She's from our hometown, but she's also just incredibly talented. I like her besides the fact that she's from our hometown. Um, But Hannah plays in Grimes as the lead guitarist and the backup vocalist. Hmm. So part of Grimes we're going to talk about because you lost a bet. That's okay. No, I'm I'm willing to subject myself to that. So, um, do you have anything a little less poppy to, to kind of get us off of this? Yeah, let's uh, let's just launch right into Doomed User. Let's take a let's take a quick listen. That was intense, man. I fucking love everything <laughs> about this. Like, seriously. Okay, so on first listen, on first listen, when I first bought this album, because it being a Deftones album, I went out and bought it the day it came out without really listening to it. And <laughs> Well, yeah. When Doomed User first came on, because it's the third track on the album, I was like, what the fuck am I getting myself into? <laughs> like, this is this is not what I like about Deftones. And then I kept listening to it. You know, I listened to the whole album a couple times. And then I stopped on this song a few times. And uh, it's like, this is heavy shit. Like, they're really... Like, that guitar is super down-tuned. And, you know, it's like yeah. it's got some very typical metal things going on. And then I took a closer listen and I was like, 
wow, that first guitar riff that kicks in at about 20 seconds in or so, that's that's straight up Iron Maiden. Yeah, let's listen to that real quick. I mean that is that is You're right. You're right. That, that is, is 80s hair metal right there. And I was like, yeah. I love this song. I I guess if I were to describe this song in one word, um I would say it is dense. Yes. Where so dense. Um, I listen to it a bunch of times, but when I still think of like all right, like we're going to talk about doomed user the melody that pops into my head, it's like, uh, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> the like, melody? Wait, what melody? <laughs> it's like, what do you even focus on? <laughs> you can't hum this song. You can't whistle this song. It, you could you could break this song into four chunks and name each chunk a different song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it works really well. Oh, absolutely. And, and like I said, I think the guitar in this song, I think, kind of carries it because it's it's got that 80s metal sound to it like the traditional rock and roll sound you know just yeah, the, yeah. like the chugging riffs and the simple solos and that kind of stuff and then you've got chino's voice going on in the background and you're like wow this is a deftones album like i haven't heard in a long time and this song is so unlike a bunch of the other songs on the album where like a lot of the songs like phantom bride yeah it kind of like takes its time to really get into there and it kind of warms up and it has this ramp and stuff this one um, just kicks you right in the face yeah, <laughs> as right soon as this starts <laughs> which, which is, is way different i know and it's funny that they picked this as one of the singles for the album um yeah right it's like they were trying to give you because their other single was prayers and triangles um which is a fairly different song it's it's still fairly heavy deftones yeah. Whereas, uh, but it's the, no doomed user. Exactly. Yeah. And the other song that I wanted to talk about on this album, um, "Hearts Wires," is the name of the song. Is is more my pace of Deftones. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to break this one down into chunks. Yeah. So I'll start you towards the beginning when it kind of fades into the guitar part, and then we'll talk about the later parts here in a bit. might have talked about this on the diamond eyes episode where chino the singer chino moreno Mm -hmm. kind of has a preference for these songs that are a little slower a little more lyrical um a little more poetic i think um and whereas his bandmates tend to push for a little bit of a harder sound yeah more like doomed user um yeah so they've always got a good balance of these songs. So I, I knew that there were going to be a couple songs like this on this album. And Hearts and Wires just happens to be my favorite of the the, the bunch. It's so good. It is. Like, of, all, of all his slow jams, like this one I can really get behind. Yeah. Because I feel like it knows where it's going. Um, it's not overly repetitive. Like some of the, some of the older slow songs, um, 
they're good and I like them a lot, but it just kind of felt like their core idea was pretty simple. Yeah. Like, Whereas uh, like, Hearts and Wires, it feels complex. It feels like it's really covering a range as opposed to just kind of like a specific moment in time. Oh, sure. Yeah. Like, yeah, some of the slower songs that have come before this, like, oh, I don't know, Anniversary of an un- Uninteresting Event. It's fairly simple yeah. and easy. It's piano. It's Chino's voice. It's great. But it's it doesn't really push the envelope at all like this one does. Yeah, this feels just more developed, more mature. Yeah. And you really kind of get that feeling on the verses. Like, right around three minutes in is a good good example of this. Let's take a listen real quick. There's not a whole lot going on um, musically. I mean, it's two guitar parts playing. Um, it's most likely Chino playing guitar and then his guitarist. Uh, and then it's Chino's kind of slow, easy voice singing over the top of it. Um, and that's, I mean, this is a fairly typical sound for Deftones, at least once or twice during an album. But I think that, I think that this part comes in the middle of such a complex song yeah that it really kind of just i don't know it makes it makes hearts and wires such a complete deftones package it's the reason the reason i picked this album as one of my favorites of 2016 so far is that deftones were on the the brink of annihilation (laughs) you know yeah yeah in the past few years uh diamond eyes came back and kind of tied them back together but uh, they were kind of on the outs when they came out with Saturday Night Wrist, um, and they—I don't know—I I didn't know if they were going to survive into much further than Diamond Eyes. Um, and then Gore came out, and yeah, this is this is a solid Deftones album. I mean, they—they they got every part of their sound that they wanted on this album, mm-hmm, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, are there any other albums like that this year where you kind of see like the band develop into a fuller space? or? Yeah. One that I, I looked at in particular, I think, um, fits into that same category. Like a, a very matured sound compared to what they've put out. And I think that's uh, The Wilderness by Explosions in the Sky. Yes. Yes. I think they have fully realized their potential on this album. <laughs> um, yeah, even... Even down to the album art, like their oh, album God, art yeah. and their branding and marketing for this album was so beautiful, right? So good. It's it yeah. plays right into exactly what their music sounds like. Um, so I think they have. I think they're to the point where they realize what they can do and what they're capable of. Um, and I think nothing, n- no track on this album says that more than disintegration anxiety. Let's take a listen real quick. At about a minute in, we get kind of a good preview of what we're looking at for this album.
so as you'll as you'll hear here it's like uh very heavy bass i mean which is unusual for them they don't really feature the bass all that much um, no but it's also unlike um it, the guitar that you do hear that's not the bass is is unlike most of the guitar that you hear yeah effect wise and you can already tell like this was one of the first singles they released for this album um so this was this came out before you could listen to the whole album and you know you can already tell they were trying to kind of announce to their fans that oh man this is going to be different this is a this is a new explosions in the sky experience um, than than what we're used to. And and the main word that I used for this um, song is intricate, uh, whereas uh, explosions in the sky in the past is very well known for using um, a, a pretty complicated series of loop pedals. Yeah. So what you tend to get is like a report. Um, like a repeating guitar riff that will just kind of go and go throughout the entire track, and he'll kind of take it out and put it back in as he pleases. But this song is not that. No, um, there's nothing song, that it, repeats. No, there's like a synth that just wanders around in the background, does all sorts of stuff. Um, the bass itself, it's it. there is like a kick drum, but there's also um, like an 808, like a straight-up 808. Them releasing this as the first single for this album, I think it's them kind of making a statement here as far as like hey this is this is what we're what we can do this is what we've discovered about ourselves we like to make music like this and um while it is like an amazing album there are a few songs on the album that are a bit more like traditional explosions in the sky like the one that comes to mind for me is uh colors in space yeah yeah. where it's it does take lessons from their newer sound their newer equipment uh their new experiences but it feels a lot more in the pocket as far as explosions go. Definitely, and you get that right away. You know, when you get kind of the two droning guitars kind of talking to each other right in the beginning. And that's, I mean, that's why I, I love this song off this album because it's a longer song. It's a more traditional sound for Explosions in the Sky. It's, to me, it's it's them acknowledging that they've changed, but that they're still very capable of, of what they've, um, you know, what they've enjoyed making in the past and mm-hmm. showing their their longtime fans that, hey, <laughs> we we still know what we're about. So I'd like to change the tone a little bit and shift over to another album that I I think I would still consider it uh, essentially a concept album. I really would. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm talking about the album. um, (laughs) Let's see. I like it when you sleep for you are so beautiful yet so unaware of it by the 1975. Yes. So this album, I say concept album because it has, I think three, maybe four just pure instrumental tracks that tie together. Um, these songs, they tend to be about, uh, it feels like they're about the same relationship. And save for like one or two songs, this album really feels like it's in the same 
universe in the same realm. And that's even that's even shown in their music videos, where the music videos have a lot of tie-ins, where you'll see one character um, kind of do a motion in one music video that kind of mimics a motion in a different music video mm-hmm. for a different song, even though it's like a completely different sound, but you kind of feel like there's tie-ins, like a, like a Quentin Tarantino movie or something. Uh, so <laughs> I guess the first song that I want to talk about is probably the most popular song off of the album. It's called The Sound. It's been played on Jimmy Kimmel, all the late night shows. So I'll let you take a listen to it. Pure pop, it is. <laughs> They're aware of it, though. I mean, Matt Healy is a very, very charismatic frontman for this band. He's struggled slash enjoyed um, quite a few drug experiences, uh, and and that's made apparent in both his music and his music videos. A lot of his um, older music videos and songs revolve around getting high on hard drugs with his lover and getting in trouble. So why the 1975? Why the 1975? Oh, man. You can probably tell by now that I, I'm a little bit interested in this band. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so 1975, I guess um, the first time I heard their song Chocolate on the radio, I'm going to play a little bit of that for you here just because it's good. <laughs> You know that song it's the one where you have no idea what they're saying but you still sing along with it <laughs> i guess the first time i heard that song i'm like who are these people so i looked it up they have another song called robbers they have like an old band called i think the big sleep where they have um a bunch of different tracks uh, that were kind of unreleased but this band is just so interesting to me because they're all the elements of a pop band and a boy band they both embrace and reject it at the same time <laughs> that's what i was thinking when i first listened to this song it was Wow, this is like a modern-day boy band, kind of. Yeah, only, like, the frontman is a heroin junkie. Yeah, uh, <laughs> which is exactly what I want for my boy bands. <laughs> Just lots of heroin. Uh, but at the same time, like, this is these are the melodies that swim around in Matt Healy's head. And yeah. whether or not they're poppy or not, this is straight from the heart. Yeah. Nobody's writing these songs for him. That's a good point. And I think that's especially true in I, I, the last song. I'm sorry. Uh, the last song I'll talk about from this album. But seriously, go download it right now. Um, <laughs> the last song I'll talk about is called The Change of Heart. Change of Heart, yeah. I liked this one in particular. Yeah, yeah, it's heartbreaking. It's uh, it's talking about a relationship just kind of going sour, and uh, two people falling out of love, and then they say really mean things to each other. 
uh, which further destroys the relationship. Like right off the bat, we have Matt Healy saying, um, I forget the lead up to it, but he says, finding a girl who is equally pretty won't be hard. I just had a change of heart. And it's like, wow, what a, what a th- <laughs> thing to say to a lover. It's like, oh, I can find someone just as pretty as you, so whatever. It's like, yeah. wow, how dismissive, how heartbreaking. See, I, I interpreted that as finding someone as equally as pretty as you. Like, he's talking about himself. Oh, okay. Eh, could be. But I always assume the worst in people, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is very self-insulting, too. It, for being a, a very charismatic lead singer, he sure doesn't sing too highly of himself. He, he yeah. pretty much calls himself a piece of shit on a lot of songs. Well, so. Clark, I mean, I feel like you knew this going into this, uh, into this episode. You knew that that was my favorite kind of music. <laughs> so you're just trying to get me to turn into a Clark music fan. Yeah, I'm like, Riley, this guy really hates himself and he sings about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I just went off for a really long time about 1975. Uh, yeah. you, you go. What do, what do you have? <laughs> yeah, let's let's bring it on back here. Um, with let's go with let's go with another like poppy sort of album. Um, before I reveal anything about the album, I will say that I was not expecting anything from this album. Um, I was, I mean, I like the band. I like how they sound. Uh, I was involved in the band out of necessity, um, before <laughs> they came out with this album. You were involved uh, with the band out of necessity. Mm-hmm. So it was like a girlfriend thing. Yep. Oh, okay. And, <laughs> gotcha. Hey. hey. I oh. learned to like it. And then this album came out and I was like, all right, whatever. I'll listen to whatever they call a single. And I was, it just blew me away. It was, it's so much better than their first album. Um, the album is Cleopatra by the Lumineers. Oh, okay. Um, and I know you have all heard that song. I know that every glasses wearing tight jean wearing hipster has heard Cleopatra, but this is a fucking amazing album. Um, because just because of the contrast that it produces compared to their first album, which is all like happy, go lucky, traditional indie music. Um, and, and everyone likes it, you know, and like that song, Hey, Oh, Hey Ho. Yep. Hey Ho. Or Ho, Ho hey. hey. Something like that. Yeah. We've all confused these guys with, uh, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. Um, yes. Who also only had one song. Of Mice um, and, or Monsters and Men. Yeah. Um, who only had one album, which actually they have two albums, but the second one is terrible. Um, who else do we have? Fleet Foxes? They all kind of blend together. Yeah, yeah. But I think that that's why this is one of the best albums of 2016, because this separates these guys from them. Um, so prove they, it, prove it. Give me a song. Well, let's dive right into Angela. When you left this town with your windows down in the wilderness inside, let the exits pass all the tar and glass till the road and skyline. The strangers in this town. Raise you up just to cut you down Oh, Angela, it's a long time coming in. Um, Because Angela is one of my favorite songs to come out in 
recent years by far you know you get that nice traditional acoustic sound at the beginning and you're like oh hey it's the lumineers cool you mean ho ho hey ho hey (laughs) (laughs) you'd be like oh it'd be cool to see these guys i wouldn't pay a hundred dollars for a ticket like they're charging now but they would be fun to see that kind of stuff and then you're like wait a second this is like a seriously heartfelt heavy song yeah so um i really liked that when I heard the song, it reminded me of uh, the tallest man on earth. I don't know if you're yeah. familiar with him. Oh yeah, yeah. In in that, um, and that's a very high compliment. His guitar playing is phenomenal. His his lyricism is great. And I saw a lot of that echoed here, but just with the Lumineer sound as opposed to his. Um, yeah. So, I it took it it honestly took me a few lessons to like to appreciate the song for its lyrics because I appreciated it musically right away. Um, and then I kind of started listening to what he was saying, which, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. usually usually it's the other way around. I really like to listen to what artists have to say first and then listen to what they're doing. But on this song, you'll notice, I mean, it's, it's easy to get wrapped up in the music of it. You know, it's it's definitely a song about someone that's escaped from him in his life. You know, about a a better half that's that's made their way out of his life and maybe is returning or maybe has returned um, multiple times um, to his life and just his appreciation for that person and what they're about and and what they, you know, what makes them who they are. But this song is so it's so emotive in that way that it really makes you feel like you're him um and you've because we all have this kind of person you know that's like that's seemingly elusive yeah i refer to them as um like ghosts from the past where it's like they're people they recur you see them from time to time and but like if you see them in a grocery store you might not even stop and and talk to them you might just kind of like look from a distance and be like huh that person is still Mm -hmm. around just kind of living their life but there's but there's this extra weight behind it. Yeah, where it's like it, it almost. It, I've had that before, even just recently. I I left a store the other day. I I walked in. <laughs> I saw a person on the opposite side of the store from ten years ago, and I walked right back out. And I'm like, I can't. I can't. Good for you. Well, and it's it wasn't it wasn't even like a girlfriend or anything. It was just someone where I'm like, there is too well, yeah. much attached to this person that I just yes. I can't. Yeah, I I'm glad I'm not the only one with that experience recently yeah. because I've had the same thing. Dude, it was um, weird, man. I was shaken. Like as I got yeah. in my car, I'm like, shit. Oh, and I can only imagine if they had seen me, you know. And then, but then you you have an experience like that and put this song on. Uh, I swear to God. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna you're gonna lose it. Yeah. I I will be the first to admit that this song has has brought about some very emotional, <laughs> some <laughs> emotional times in my life already. That I mean, you can't argue with music like Angela, and then the the following, well, not the following song on the album, but the song the other song that I would like to talk about, um, "Sick in the Head." They're writing my history. Somebody should have asked me Everyone was safe in their beds Their beds 
I was kind of surprised when the lyrics first came up, and I'm like, "Huh, this is a little bit, um, a little bit edgier." Uh, one thing, I guess this isn't a real insult about the song, but it's also not a compliment. Where I feel like the song doesn't really have a center. Uh, no, it it does not. Absolutely, it's it's just a lot of little hooks, and again, um, kind of like the Deftone song, where um, doomed user. Uh, mm-hmm. If you were to ask me to just like hum this song or whistle this song, I could do like a couple little riffs, a couple little hooks out of it, but there's no like coherent, long story to it. No, and there's no chorus or no, mm. you know, it's just it's just like stream of consciousness, basically. Yeah, but it's good though, uh, and it is kind of um, a little bit of like you and me versus the world, um, or just encouraging someone to like stop being so hard on themselves. But it's it's complicated, and it's not yeah. ho oh, hey. It's not this clear sing along party song. Yeah. It is it is more developed, but at the same time, the hooks are there. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I love about this whole album, is that it's got that same kind of feel that draws people into Lumineers, but then they actually have some substance in their lyrics this time around, rather than just like, you know, happy go lucky indie lyrics. Um, and I think that's what drew me to this album. Uh, because I hope, I hope that this is kind of a sign of what indie pop is coming to, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, is a little more self-aware, I guess. Uh, a little or... more self-awareness, a little less mandolin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we don't need the rapid strumming to carry on the song. Like, throw in, throw in a violin or a viola or a cello or something, please. Just, just... Oh, a little less mandolin. That's gonna be the next indie indie <laughs> band name. Just let your hair, just let your man bun down, man. Just let it yeah. flow. Yeah. Well, God knows that a man bun will give you a headache after a day of wearing it. So you just gotta let it down, man. Do you just know that? Is, is that firsthand experience? No, that's not firsthand <laughs> experience. I only imagine. So on the talk of heathens, and also on um, kind of pop artists that have developed, uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about Chance the Rapper's coloring book. Um, you would like to talk about Chance the Rapper. Yeah, and feel free to stop me if I get a little too carried away. No, um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm good to go on this one. So Chance the Rapper, um, I've been on the hype train since Acid Rap, and I did go back and download the earlier stuff too. It's good. There's some really good stuff there, but Acid Rap is really where he hit his stride. Um, Chance is an obnoxious Chicago rapper that is really young. I, I think he's probably just now turning 21 or 22. Yeah. Um, but when acid rap came out and kind of changed the rap scene, uh, he was in his teens and he had just, um, been expelled from high school or no, his first year of college. And he had been suspended. That's what it was. And he pretty much wrote like a full album in his suspension anyway. Hmm. Uh, but coloring book is a lot more developed. The first song that I want to play off of it is, um, called no problem featuring little Wayne and uh, some other artists. So this, when I said rapper from Chicago, I don't know what comes to mind for you. Like maybe it's the Kanye West. Maybe it's, um, I don't know, Scarface. I, I don't know that many rappers from Chicago, to be honest. But um, <laughs> yeah, 
it probably it probably wasn't this like weird happy guitar rap where it's like yeah he's talking about his beef with the record agencies and how he's an independent artist and people have tried to sign him but they're just trying to rip him off and like wheezy has a verse but this is a happy sounding song it is yeah and um, how do you how how do you deal with the autotune though in your brain with the autotune yeah um, how the whole song is autotuned i guess i see that as an unfortunate reality of the modern rap scene yeah. Where with with the uprising of of trap music and we see yeah. artists like Drake and Designer just topping the charts constantly, everything is just so coded. Everything over. is auto tuned. Everything is auto tuned, and they'll take a perfectly good track. This song would be great without the auto tune, except for Lil Wayne. He he needs it. In the streets, my face a coupon, her pussy too warm. All these bitches come to do harm, just bought a new charm. Fuck a watch, I buy you new arm, you lukewarm. I'm overlook with the hoes, pretty bitches in the foes. Tipping toes around my crib in they rows, just they rows. I think I'm kind of able to filter it out. I barely even hear it. Hmm. Um, though I will say, it might sound like autotune, but that is straight up lean. Like, that is, uh, that is the fact that they are using coding as a drug and that changes the way their vocal cords work so that's a big part of it Uh, but this song also um in the same vein like i said like kanye uh kanye put out jesus walks which is a, a song about christianity and the state of christianity in music and how it's uncool to talk about jesus so in the same way that kanye had jesus walks chance the rapper has three songs on this album that could be considered directly about christianity including one hmm. song that just directly takes the song How Great Is Our God and just plays How Great Is Our God, sung by a chorus for three minutes before you hear any rapping. Huh. You know, I was going to talk about a different song. I was going to talk about Same Drugs, but I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to talk about a song called Blessings. It seems like blessings keep falling in my lap. It seems like blessings keep falling in my lap. I don't make songs for free, I make them for freedom. Don't believe in kings, believe in the kingdom. Chisel me into stone prayer, whistle me into song air. Dying laughing with Krillin saying something about blonde hair. Jesus oh, oh yeah, there's going to be a Spotify playlist of all these songs. We didn't mm-hmm. mention that, did we? No, we haven't mentioned anything about oh. like, where to find this stuff. Holy crap, go for it, man. Yeah, so um, anyway, if you're interested in any of anything that we're talking about right now um we will have show notes uh we will have a link to the podcast itself we'll have a link to the spotify playlist um and any sorts of any any sort of other minor notes we might have about this episode on secretweaponproductions.com slash echo uh, and you'll be able to find our latest episodes there, as well as our entire catalog of episodes, which I feel like we now have enough episodes to call it a catalog. Yeah, it's there. Um, <laughs> We're well past 10 at this point, I think. <laughs> um, so yeah, head on over to secretweaponproductions.com slash echo, and you'll be able to find all of this. Okay, so I don't I don't think I gave you the song to prepare. Um, no, but it, I, I'm listening to it. Actually, I'm listening to it right now for the yeah. first time. So this is one of the songs... Um, on the album itself, it just has this little breakdown where um, it talks about the walls around Jericho. Yeah, the walls around Jericho, mm-hmm. the biblical story. They fall down. Um, and 
in the song itself, you kind of hear this crumbling of walls in the background. But when he plays the song live, like on Kimmel and stuff, he actually has like these little wall props and they fall over during this part as like the chorus, like as the singers start singing. And he has a preacher come out and deliver like a tiny little sermon over the music, which is hmm. hilarious and super cheesy. And I'm not going to pretend it's anything but that. Um, but I think the one line, and this is this is the one thing I want to focus on and then we can kind of move away from this album. But he specifically says, um, he's talking about his blessings. He says, like my ex-girl getting pregnant and her becoming my everything. Ain't no blood on my money. Ain't no Twitter in heaven. I know them drugs isn't close. Ain't no visit in heaven. I know the difference in blessings and worldly possessions. Like my ex-girl getting pregnant and her becoming my everything. I'm at war with my wrongs. I'm writing four different songs. I never forged it or forfeited. I'm a force to be reconciled. They want four minutes song. You need a four hour praise dance performed every morn. I'm feeling shortness of breath. So Nico grab you a horn. Hit Jericho with the buzzer beater to end the quarter. Watch brick and mortar fall like dripping water. Uh. And he talks about how all of these things in his life um, are just blessings and how, how honored he is to be where he is and how even like his ex that like he was falling out with and he, you know, she, it was a bad breakup and stuff like that, but she was pregnant with his kid and they found that out after the fact and they were able to like reconcile and now they're back together and he is so happy to have a daughter. And it's like this really cool story. Mm -hmm. And, and he sings about that, about how, how blessed he is that his ex-girlfriend got pregnant. And it's like, when do you hear that in a rap album? Yeah, ever. never, ever, never. Ever. So that's my very long rant about Coloring Book. I, I, I'm very no, excited I, about this music in 2016. No, this is yeah. good stuff. No, it's, you know, at a time when you think music might be taking a turn for the worse, um, you get you get albums like these coming out, and you're like, okay, maybe, maybe people still know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've recently been convinced of the the uh, theory that everything that's wrong with the world today is because that rage against the machine no longer makes music. <laughs> so you can blame Turkey on that. You because can blame ISIS on that. No one is making pissed off politically charged like music like that anymore. Yeah. It's like the strongest political rappers that would be like the modern day um, rage against the machine would be like death grips. And, and Death Grips is, like, so deep in its own head that, like, you can tell that they're trying to get some message across and that it's politically charged, but it just kind of ends up sounding like gibberish at the end of the day. Yeah, and, you know, that's kind of what I'm hoping for um, as far as something to come out like that. I mean, Prophets of Rage came out, and it's fine, but it's not... Yeah. It doesn't have the edge. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a super group. It's not, like, a, it's not, a, it's not an activist group. So, long story short, what I'm trying to get to here is that these albums that we're kind of looking into and talking about, I feel like these artists are moved by something. Mm -hmm. And it's it's nice to hear that. It's nice to see that. Even if it's a genre or a topic that I'm not particularly fond of, like Chance the Rapper. Um, you know, it's it's nice to hear somebody that's got conviction about something. Yeah, I... Uh... I guess this song is, is a natural transition because um, Chance the Rapper actually samples uh, a song, this song, by Francis and the Lights. The song is called um, Friends. I'm just I'm going to play a good chunk for you. Could be looking at you 
from a freeway trailer If you'd handled what I'd taken Separate loads, separate calls No fire line, don't have to be a dead rat Yeah, so that song is sampled in a different song that I didn't play for you off of Coloring Book. It's called Summer Friends. Uh, anyway, but this song, Friends, by Francis and the Lights featuring uh, Justin Vernon of Bon Iver and Kanye West. Uh, I have I have probably listened to this song more than any of these other songs. Mm-hmm. Maybe, not, probably not combined, but close to it, hundreds of times. And it's only been out for like a, a couple months. So I guess what captures my... I guess what gets my attention the most about this song, first of all, the music video. Um, if if you just listen to the song, it's a good song, and I think it stands very well by itself, but I feel the music video adds a lot to it. Um, hmm. Francis and the Lights, uh, as his name, <laughs> so his, his, quote, real name is something so ridiculous. It is Francis, oh boy, Francis Farewell Starlight. There we go. I, I think this is a chosen name because he is a lighting pr- producer. Like he does lighting for music videos and stuff like that and commercials hmm. and photo shoots and stuff. He's really good at lighting. Uh, so Francis and the Lights kind of makes sense. But he also makes just enough music to get on Kanye's radar, apparently. He only has like one album out and some singles. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and Francis is, um, he spends a ton of time working on dancing. And he dances in every single music video. And this is no exception. There's this amazing part where it pans out. And it's just Francis standing there. And it pans out. And you're introduced to Justin Vernon. And they just start in on this dance. And it is just so... <laughs> it's... It's pretty, but it's a weird, and it's clunky, and it's it's beautiful. So, hundred uh, percent sold on the music video, but um, the song is really good as well. Yeah, no, yeah, it's it's got. I mean, if there's gonna be prominent auto tuning in in uh, <laughs> the music that's coming out in 2016, then mm-hmm. I would hope it sounds like this. Yeah, this is this is gorgeous music. Um, Regardless of if it's if it's artificial or not, I mean, whoever's in control of this knows exactly what they're doing. Exactly, um, like they're oscillating stuff on purpose. It was set up in a very certain way, aiming for a certain sound. They're not just trying to make it just just glossed over. It's like they're aiming for something very specific right from the get go. Yeah, exactly, and I think that's what I found impressive about this song. But uh, that's that's probably enough auto tune for now. Yeah, uh, let's um. <laughs> And now for something completely different. <laughs> the death of auto-tune. Let's, let's take a listen real quick. We should have prepared him a lot more for that. I know. <laughs> what was that that we just listened to? That was mean. Um, <laughs> that was a, a little sample of uh, a song called Everything and Nothing by Hammock um, off of an album of the same name. Um, Title track, this, baby. 
This is, I know, it, I, it felt like a cop-out to pick the title track for one of the best albums of 2016, but <laughs> I did. Um, <laughs> and no shame. Hammock is, Hammock is a, a, they're a fairly 95% instrumental band. Um, most of the time they border drone music, which if you're not familiar with drone uh, think Stars of the Lid, think uh, Brian Eno, think there we go. Uh, Boards of Canada. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It's... They're usually not super excited to talk about. I love them, but <laughs> they're not super excited to talk about. Um, but they came out with this album this year, uh, Everything and Nothing, and kind of redefined what they can do and what they are about. And I think this song in particular, the title track, really shows that because this is a very lyrical album, which they don't usually venture into. Yeah, yeah. Um, you'll get a good preview of that about a minute and 15 in. Uh, yeah. Let's just take a listen real quick. So yeah, you'll. I mean, nothing about this screams ambient music. Um, no, not at all. This is from, very full sounding. It's not yeah. sparse at all. And that's what makes me. I mean, that's what makes me love this album. Is a lot of it is like this. Uh, I mean, not there are still very few lyric tracks on it, but it's it's all got kind of this full sound. Whereas a lot of their previous stuff is very plain and simple, like. Um, like songs like Mono No Aware and Gold Star Mothers and, um, you know, Losing You to You, that kind of thing. Um, they, they're fairly plain and simple, um, mm. which is what Hammock does, so it's great. But it's nice to hear something this musically complex from them. Um, and I think this, this would blip on more radars than their previous stuff you know so <laughs> yeah definitely. it's it's nice to know that they might get some more exposure because of this album and and while it is uh while they're they can fall into like the weird ambient drone vibes they skipped so many of the tropes um there's yes. no there's no whispering in my ear there is no <laughs> computer reading numbers like paranoid android kid a style uh oh. there's oh, yeah they didn't go Radiohead. I can't. Why? Why did you? Why did you even taint this playlist with Tom York? <laughs> there is also no mention of um, a moon over the water. Is that uh, the Radiohead? Moon, moon shaped moon. Uh, moon shaped hole. Moon shaped asshole. I don't know. <laughs> None of that on this album. Even though I really like Radiohead, but whatever. <laughs> no, there there is not. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, for hammock i give you a hard time about hammock all the time in fact my my notes for this song everything and nothing it is blah with <laughs> six a's <laughs> that's all i got I know, and but it and really is, is it's more interesting this is deserving of that if you're not you know if you're not particularly moved by this kind of music mm-hmm. um i mean this would come across as pretty boring to somebody that doesn't 
enjoy, you know, fairly ambient. Yeah. Um, Though I and... will say, um, I, I did use this album. Um, I listened to this album before, and I, and I was taking, like, a nap on the couch. And holy <laughs> shit, did I sleep hard. Oh. Like, so hard. Tell so, you what, I mean, I hate to downgrade it to sleeping music, but... Dude, that's a compliment. Hammock we? is perfect for it. Yeah, totally. And and I think that's a compliment. Totally. Uh, where it's like, it's interesting enough that like when my brain is going and I'm trying to get to sleep, but my brain is just spinning, it gives me something to kind of latch onto. And then like, mm-hmm. as my brain is busy trying to pick out patterns and stuff like that, it just kind of lulls me in and it pulls me into its own patterns and, yeah. and it rises and swells. And then just during one of the slower songs, um, I just, you're I just, just, you're just out. Asleep. You're yeah. And yeah, it, it's, I mean, it's, you could definitely use it for that. Uh, God knows I have, um, <laughs> but you know, a song that I think would be particularly difficult to do that with is the, the second one I wanted to talk about, um, we were so young and, and I think you'll understand why if you just get to the first chorus, that's about a minute and a half and let's just take a listen real quick. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, so um, yeah, obviously it's another lyric track from Hammock, which is not expecting that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the vocals here are almost kind of edgy, um, which is the first for a Hammock song. I don't know. I mean, usually when they have vocals in their songs, they're kind of they kind of blend in. They kind of function as another instrument. Yeah, no. But here they very much stand out on their own. It's it's discernible. Yeah. Yeah. And he's definitely, he's definitely amped up about something, you know? Who and is that, by the way? <laughs> uh, I am, I'm actually not sure who does. So Hammock is, is two people. Um, I also do not know that. Okay. It's kind of amazing when you listen to their entire discography um, to, to understand that it's just two guys that make this music. And they can play it live, like, really well. Yeah. Apparently, yeah, apparently their live show is just unreal. Um, but it's Mark Bird and Andrew Thompson. Hmm. Um, and they've been they've been doing this for a long time, actually. Uh, you know, they've got... Oh, God, let me think. Somewhere between seven or eight albums. Hmm, okay. Starting in 2005 with Canonic. Oh, so they've been um, busy. Mm-hmm. That's every. So that's more than every other. They're year. looking at almost an album, almost an album a year since wow. their inception, which is kind of crazy. Especially but, these albums are like a handful. Like these songs are so like long and full. Yeah. Oh yeah. If especially like take a listen to about three minutes and twenty seconds into "We Are So Young," uh, where the guitar really comes in.
so that so, reminds me of this will destroy you a little bit not gonna oh lie. yeah absolutely which is now like 10 years old by the way i saw their facebook yeah. post and i'm oh, like god what <laughs> i know it's it's wow. unreal it makes me feel so old yeah right but no i it totally it's just like it's so cool to hear that kind of thing come from an ambient band like Hammock. Right? Um, yeah. But I think this is another... Uh, this falls in line with the rest of my picks for this year so far. Um, as Insofar as it's just an example of... It's, it's a band that's put out a bunch before, or at least put out a few albums before. Mm-hmm and is really coming into their own or or proving to the music world like hey this is what we're capable of and we're going to put our heart and soul into this album mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is going to be the product and i think it works out so well for all of them i, I could be wrong <laughs> but isn't the album art for this one just beautiful as well oh yeah it's uh it looks like i mean you'd have to blow it up to get like fairly <laughs> decent detail of it but it looks like it's a, like a carousel um, with oh, like trees yeah. in front of it, yeah. yeah, and a bunch of lights in the background. Yeah, it's just they've always done really well with with album art. On one of their albums, they have a like a it looks like a leather jacket, and they they put it in like a bunch of salt water and uh. let it dry, so it stands up on its own. So it's just uh. this like empty leather jacket standing up on its own it's all briny hmm. mm-hmm. it's it's very interesting they um, definitely have some art friends they're, they're yeah. pretty, pretty <laughs> deep in that scene yeah for sure to think of something like that yeah but uh, you know normally after after an album like this this is where we would end the podcast we'd tell you where to where to find all the links and where to see the playlist mm-hmm. and all that but you know clark and i have a confession to make Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. every once in a while we get it into some guilty pleasures yeah and there are a couple songs that came out this year that it's 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 no justin bieber or anything but it's definitely uh it's a little off the beaten path mm-hmm. so um what's I mean, uh what's your do you do you want to lose your your <laughs> credibility first or do you want me to lose my credibility first uh i'll, I'll take the bait so okay <laughs> I guess let me let me lose any electronic music credibility I have by saying this next artist reminds me a lot of Kygo. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I was just thinking of who this reminds me of, um, and this artist that you picked reminds me if you liked if you took the vocal track off of Owl City. Uh huh. Uh huh. Owl City. But it's I really like it. It's a guilty pleasure. So the name of the artist is Vexento. That's V-E-X-E-N-T-O. He's a 19-year-old out of Norway. Uh, The song I'm going to play for you is Floating With You. about as easily digestible as you can make a song it has that like kaigo chill beach vibes that you're starting to hear on the radio um it's very 
European, it's very like, let's play this on a Bluetooth speaker when we're on a Jeep on the beach. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not complicated. I'm it's glad just... you had the same reaction I did. <laughs> That's why it's a guilty pleasure, though. It's I, a... I was just like, picture my bros, man. Yeah. Me and my bros just like hanging out on the beach, man. <laughs> But I do think this kid has so much potential, and and that's kind of why I wanted to bring him into the light a little bit, is uh, just yeah, this... our, our our spotlight, the, our, our the spot... giant into the echo spotlight <laughs> is the... shining on Ve- Vexento? Vexento, Vexento, I guess, yeah. And there's there's going to be more and more of us. It's it's a uh, we're starting to get people. We yeah, we almost have enough that we need to think of a name for our followers. <laughs> huh. I guess we'll... Um, Believers? No, that's already uh, taken, I feel like. No. Uh, bitches? No. No, no, little, no, I already have too many of those. Little monsters? Um, <laughs> nah, Gaga got that. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe we're just the, the Vigzento hey, people. Here's here's an idea. Hmm. If you have an idea for what you should be called, just tweet <laughs> it to me. At Into the Echo. Or at Echo Pod, rather. Yeah, don't tweet um, at Into the Echo. Don't do yeah, that. Yeah, that'll get to some random guy. <laughs> It won't give a shit. Tweet um, at Echopod. Or... At Echopod. Say, hey, this is what I want to be called. And first, per- tell you what, first person to get to me, I will call you that. <laughs> so just let me know. Yeah, yeah. Just let them know what, what you want to say. It could be anything. Um, I guess <laughs> we'll, put a, we'll put a Twitter limit on it, though, so 140 characters. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so I, I'll agree with you. This is a... This is like this the session IPA of beers, mm-hmm, <laughs> of, mm-hmm. of music right now. But this um, is made by a kid who, like, just graduated high school. And, like, he already, like, his production value is tight. His vibe is good. Um, he, he clearly plays the guitar and the piano. And, or uh, he clearly understands that major keys are happy and minor keys are sad. <laughs> and he knows how to work, like, garage band. <laughs> Yeah. I can't tell which is happening. That's okay, man. Well, I, I called Kygo, so I'm going to call this kid, too. Uh, I'm thinking Vigzento. Give it a couple years, you will hear him on a commercial for Diet Coke. Uh, All right. All right. I'll give you that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I will, I will give you one year from now. He will be featured on a Diet Coke commercial. All right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll, bet a, we'll bet a short episode on it. Um, <laughs> so I, I guess, uh, I don't feel too guilty about it. It's just like, it's not complicated music. It's just summer no, vibes. Yeah, it is. And like I said earlier, it's kind of, it's like Kygo meets Jack's mannequin. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that makes sense. It's got that angsty, kind of an angsty feel to it <laughs> that is typical of a 19 year old producing any sort of music. Uh, so good. So no, it, it is. It it is. It's yeah. it's part of, you know, that's part of the music process is is dealing with angst. Mhm, mhm. And even Porter Robinson had a bit of that. Yeah. So how about you, buddy? You want to ruin your credibility? <laughs> well, I, I don't, I don't think this ruins any credibility because I think who I picked is regarded as a legitimate musician most times. Okay. Um. But he's just an asshole. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think I know who you're talking about. And, you know, I, I think, I feel like, I feel like in my usual, my usual uh, train of thought as far as music goes, like, 
industrial and rock and hip-hop and all that this this has no place uh trent reznor and slug would take me out back and put me out of my misery if they knew that i was sponsoring this kind of music but maybe maybe um my my selection for this uh, it's the song is almost 10 minutes long so i only picked one um it's by dead mouse it's called mm-hmm. saved and you all should listen to it because it's fantastic. Let's just take a, a real quick listen here. So take that that thirty seconds that you just heard, and and there is twenty times more than that. <laughs> Literally twenty times more than that. Yeah. Uh, As any good house music um, is, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. completely repetitive. Um, but I think that uh, I think I don't know. I'm having a hard time saying it because I I'm having a, like an emotionally hard time saying it. Huh. I think I think Dead Mouse is a master of his craft. Are you choking think... up right now, buddy? <laughs> are you are you like no, do you no, have no. strobe playing in the background just on I'm not or something? I was just gonna say I'm not listening to strobe, <laughs> so I'm able to keep it together. <laughs> Stay um, strong, man. But uh, no, I think I think that he's really good at what he does, and I very much appreciate that he has not adapted the whole like build up and drop bullshit that we've been listening to for the last eight years. Um which is weird. But, For being such a huge bro, he really didn't do that much bro stuff. No, he didn't. And live God. a little bit. He did he did definitely did some stuff live, but like actual studio recordings, nah. Yeah. And that's why I have respect for him. Um because no matter how big of a dick he is Oh Joel Joel Joel. He's producing what he wants to produce and you can tell he likes it and you, you I, can you can tell that he sits around in the studio a lot because he's just like bored on Twitter, just dissing on people. While yeah, exactly. While he's waiting for like his his tracks to mix down, he's like, "Well, shit, I better piss somebody off for a while." Uh, but yeah, there's Joel... there's so much I hate about what he stands for, mm-hmm. but the music he makes is phenomenal. I don't know. There's there is something to be said about someone who understands completely what their genre is and how to master it and how to shape it and mold it and drive it. And I think that's what Dead Mouse is doing. I mean, I think he'll always be remembered as when when all of these dubstep bullshit like yeah, trendsetters whatever are the equivalent to a man bun is for dubstep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god. When they all <laughs> fade out, I I know that everyone that's super into it is like there's no bubble. No, it, the bubble's not going to pop. It's just going to okay. keep getting bigger. <laughs> the electronic music, a multi-billion dollar industry right now. Like, there's, it's never going to give up. It is. Every genre gives up at some point. Yeah, yeah. Um, and when all, all of those fade away and it turns into something else, let God, please, God, don't let it be trap. Um, <laughs> it's already I think that, trap, buddy. <laughs> I know. I think that Dead Mouse will be the name that kind of lives on. Dead Mouse and Skrillex will be around forever. All right. Well, we are getting a little drunk and grumpy. So uh, <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in. Um, drumpy? 
Trumpy. <laughs> so uh, make sure you tweet us what you want to be called. Um, let yeah, us know at Echopod. At Echopod. Let us know if you missed, if we missed any songs. Again, it's it's songs that we liked. So if we missed a song that you liked, it, I don't know why that would upset you. But uh, still, <laughs> let us know. Um, tweet us. Find us on Facebook. Thank you so much. Um, have a good night.